I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The real Brian show. Yes, it's the Rob Ryan Show. It's December. It's my favorite time of year. I love this time of year. I get to talk today with some more great people because let's face it, if they're not great, then, you know, they're not really worth talking to. So I oh wait, that didn't come out right. Shoot. Uh, anyway, we're doing part two of my chat with Lee Steven. Lots of great stuff coming up in that segment. And I figured out why people were driving like crap here. So I'm going to share that later because wow. And then the one and only CJ Thunder is going to be joining us here in just a minute. So lots to talk about, including, are you ready for it? Because it's going to be intense. We're going to talk racism today. Something very important to address, and we want this to be conversational. So listen up and let's rock it. Thanks for joining me. I am the real Brian, as you know, the show name title sort of suggests. Although, uh, you know, I could be a fake Brian, like an imposter. Everybody asks me that are, uh, you know, so if you're the real Brian, is every other Brian fake? And of course, the answer is yes, absolutely. I'm the only real Brian around here. So any other uh, Brian doesn't exist. So I'm sorry if you're a Brian, uh, you're invalid. All right. So thanks for joining me, though. It's, it's it's man. Great to be here. So excited to be back. You know what's cool is when the first six episodes, seven, seven episodes, sorry, uh, of The Real Brian Show came out, you know, there was some some uncertainty, maybe lack of confidence or whatever, you know, because we were trying to figure things out, tweak things. And now that things have been at least mostly figured out, of course, you know, going to learn and grow along the way. I'll tell you what, I like over the weekend, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do the show. I've got so much to talk about. We're going to fun. Hyperventilated a little. It was a good time, but uh, you know what we're going to do today is I'm going to bring CJ Thunder on right now because I want to bring him on early into the show so we can just chat and have some fun. CJ Thunder, welcome. Brian, how you doing, man? I am smashing. I guess that's, let's go with that term. You don't hear that often anymore. <laughs> that works. <laughs> or glorious. Like that's another term I like, although that's kind of come back. I don't no, know. I'll just go ahead and call myself the reverse Brian. <laughs> How's that? You're not doing well. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're having a bad day. <laughs> I'm a little off today. It feels like. <laughs> is it the weather or is it, uh, you know, like the, the moon's rotation, the tides? It's, it's actually kind of cold here. I mean, we're not used to this in Southern California. I mean, cold here is like 60 degrees. I mean, it's, it's pretty cold. Yeah. No, I understand that, though. You know, whatever you're used to, you kind of go with. And, and it's funny because Colorado was hot this year. And we had a really long summer into fall. And I mean, November, I was still wearing shorts and t-shirt. And it one day, I'm not getting a hit 80. The next day, it was uh, 30 and snowing. And I'm like, ah, come on. You know, it's, wow. your body's not supposed to, to react quite that. It, like, it's too much of a shock. You got to have a little bit of a. Right. That's what makes you sick is that constant change, right? Yeah. Yep. We had wind yesterday or I guess Monday. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was. Well, okay, so let me, let me just say this. Four days straight of wind, and I'm not talking like a, a nice little gentle breeze. I'm talking 
probably 40 mile an hour consistent winds with 70 mile an hour gusts. And I mean, come on that. Oh, I'll tell you what. I hate wind. (laughs) That is the only thing I absolutely hate when it comes to weather. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. I I don't know how you do it. Well, it's certain times of year. It's usually pretty short. Um, We do get extremes here where we're at in Colorado, you know, so sometimes we'll have 110 degrees in the summer and sometimes we'll have like negative 30 or 40, you know, in the winter. And we'll have, you know, feet of snow or, you know, who knows, right? We'll have 70 mile an hour winds. We'll have those extremes, but it's not often and it's certainly not consistent. And we, right. but we do have over 300 days of sun a year and we have a lot of very nice weather most of the time. So oh, I can't complain. Good. It's, you know, it's probably not California balmy. Well, we only have one season here. So, you know, you know how that is. Oh, okay. it's <laughs> so, just nice. <laughs> it's just, yeah, well, you can say that. <laughs> it's always sunny and bright, you know. <laughs> that's great okay. you don't have any water but it's still nice it's like a desert here right next to the ocean yeah you know what's funny is uh, i've got family in fresno and i remember going to fresno when i was younger and i mean it's just beautiful right lush grape vineyards everywhere i mean just wonderful wonderful things and they got fog and you know they're actually famous for really thick fog lots of rain I- went out there for my great aunt's funeral this year and i mean it it looked worse than a desert and I lived in Phoenix. I lived in the desert and that desert had more moisture than Fresno did. You know, it's, and it seems like it's only central and Southern California, but when you get up into San Francisco, they actually have weather there. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. It's, it's, it's unique. Although I know Jen Briney would disagree, disagree with you because uh, she likes tornadoes and hurricanes and other things. And San Francisco doesn't get that. Wow. She's kind of a weather geek. Gotcha. Um, although one thing, you know, I was talking, I said, well, you guys get earthquakes. And she goes, I like earthquakes. And I thought, um, really, is that something you should admit? Oof. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I like them. I mean, it's you can't really get away from them. the ground is shaking. You know what I mean? And depending yeah. on how bad it is, it, it could be pretty, pretty miserable. Well, you know, I can say that I like tornadoes from a distance that's not coming towards my home. And not damaging or hurting people. I mean, like that, that's kind of cool, but I don't want one to come after me. Right. No, you can't. Well, you could get away from it though. You could go underground, right? Um, that would be a good idea. Yeah. If we had a basement, (laughs) (laughs) I guess that is a (laughs) prerequisite. We've got a a bathtub though, that I was told could withstand a bomb blast. Literally not kidding. Um, so, you know, just get in that thing. We're all good. That reminds me of Indiana Jones. Oh Yeah. Did he hide in a? He hid in a. He hid in a in a refrigerator, I think, during a nuclear explosion. Was right? that the fourth one? That was the yeah, the one with the aliens. Yeah, the one that everybody doesn't actually recognize. Right, that one. Okay, speaking of California, how would you say the drivers are there? Awful. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I was listening to your last show, and uh, it happens here all the time. I, I drive for a living. I could do about two hundred miles a day, wow. and I mean. People are constantly in and out of the carpool lanes with no turn signals, not even having the right amount of people in the cars. Yeah, they're they're never using their turn signals. They're always on their phones. They're, I mean, they're driving like as if they're the only ones on the road, and it's very dangerous. Well, that actually explains my uh, commentary last week. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was listening. I'm like, yeah, that is so true because it's really bad out here. Yeah, well, we had an article come out in one of our newspapers that was saying Colorado drivers among worst in nation because, you know, people complain about it all the time. It's like, what is going on around here? And they actually did a study to find out that, yep, Colorado drivers are ranked eighth worst among all of the states in the nation. California's ranked number two. 
And I realized I'm like, oh, well, that would explain it because we actually have a lot of people move from California to get out of California and they move here to Colorado. Uh, well, we're infecting Seattle as well. Yeah. So, so there you go. That's what it is. It's not the Colorado drivers that are bad. It's no, it's no us. offense. I was born in California, so I can say this. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. Right. To be honest. And we, we have some really bad drivers here. I think the second worst to me was Boston. Apparently Rhode Island is the number one best driving state, but that actually begs the question. Does anybody even have cars there? Yeah. I, you know, I drove through Rhode Island in about 45 minutes. I think that's what it felt like. Okay. And I didn't really see anyone. So well, it shows my ignorance. I don't even know. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> so, I have to share this uh, this cool story. So special thank you here to uh, CJ Thunder. I guess it well it, it started last week, but Sunday the uh, one of the computers here in the uh, Real Brian Show studios, uh, one of the computers went down, which you know I use primarily for the communication talking, like right now we're doing here on Skype, you know, and among other secondary things. And I went, oh no, bad timing. What are we gonna do? You know, CJ Thunder's coming on this week, and got a bunch of other things. And uh, anyway, so thank you. Thank you for saving the day. And uh, you're like, dude, show up at the uh, closest Apple store. Boom. You got, you know, you're taken care of. So appreciate that. Thanks for helping out. You've been a Patreon supporter, which has been awesome. And uh, so this was your, your uh, all in one help. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad I could, you know, I, I can help you. Yeah. I mean, it's about, well, I, I love the community too, because you know, this is, this is a new show, but Many of the community here are, you know, from Aero Squad and even Profit Cast, and then just friends of mine that I've known over the years, and then of course new people that I've never met yet or even talked to. For for those of us who are part of the Aero Squad community, you know, our, our podcast about Aero, man, that's just uh, it's been one of the best communities I've ever seen, and it is an honor to have people from that community coming over here to the Real Brian Show and listening too, because you know you guys are you guys are vocal and you're supportive, and you know we're we're kind of a, as Martin puts it, Martin, our friend, the Flash you know, we're family. And I thought, I love that. It's true though. Yeah. We're brothers. You know? Yeah, totally. So appreciate that, man. Thank you for saving the day. And, and it was kind of a funny drive. And as I was doing that in the wind, you know, I was trying to keep my car from, you know, blowing off the road. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even mean like off into the ditch. I mean like up into the air. I mean, I was like, stay down. It, it wow. Was, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're safe and I'm glad everything's working. That's for sure. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. We're talking. It's awesome. Right. Yeah, it's good. So, all right. Well, I wanted to say, uh, speaking of Martin, the flash, thank you very much. You know, he sent out a really nice, uh, message to me saying, you know, here's what I love about the show and it's so awesome. And there's been a lot of, um, really neat things that he said that kind of affirmed the fact that what we're doing that, um, also got a, a great message from Justina, the green butterfly, who, uh, is also one of our aero squad listeners. And she, man, had a great comment was, uh, can you do a Harry Potter themed show? So I like this. Um, and maybe what I'm going to have to do is interview one of the actors or someone like that. Someone from the Harry Potter verse. Although I do believe that Dobby is going to be on the real Brian show sometime either probably at the first of the year. At least this is the rumor based on uh, Dobby's agent. Gollum might be joining him as well. So it might be a, a three person, you know, like Gollum, Dobby and me conversation. Nope. Nice. Chris, thank you. Again, so it's it's neat to hear some of the comments. It definitely helps to know that, hey, there are people that actually uh, are enjoying the show. They're resonating with it. Definitely getting responses now that, um, I, you know, should I be surprised? I am. Uh, I think I'm more thankful than I am surprised. 
They, they are right. They're right. We love the show. You got to keep it going. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm finding now that the comments are definitely a lot stronger based on, you know, the revision versus what, what it was for the first few episodes. No, I think it's uh, every episode that you've done gets better and better. So oh, that's good. That's uh, it's, you're not going backwards. You're only going forward. And that's what makes this show special because you're actually you're taking the feedback and you're making it better with the feedback rather than making it better without listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. OK, so, well, thank you. You're doing a good job. That's the goal, man. I mean, it's like if we can continually grow, then yeah, we're there. You're growing. You have me on the show and I. this is the first time I've ever spoken. Really? Like ever? Ever. Well, you, you wouldn't notice it. I would have thought I, you've done this before. <laughs> no, this is the first time. <laughs> well, all right. So you're a true podcast virgin. This is great. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah well, don't worry. Uh, you know, the, the fun part about, as you've even heard with interviews that I do, the fun part is just chatting, just having a good time, hanging out. You know, it's part of the fun. That's what it feels like. I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm enjoying it. this. I love it. Podcast virgin. That's all. <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong with that some of you thinking that's naughty naughty no no there's nothing wrong with that you know it's true no it's funny that's what it is naughty is funny (laughs) oh boy i don't even want to come up with a term for those who have been around the podcasting block a few times um you know i'm a foodie and a a, well yeah let's go with the foodie thing because i think that goes with uh, the the coffee the tea you know the drink thing but I got to say this, and I should probably explain this up front that, you know, I, I don't really get into alcohol. I don't like it. I don't like the taste of it. People love it. In fact, it's funny because, you know, in Colorado, you have a lot of microbreweries and you talk to people about crafting beers and stuff. And it's super fascinating. Like, I really, really love the science behind a lot of it, you know, and, and we have a distillery around the corner and they were telling us how they distill all these different, you know, beverages. And I thought, man, this is incredible stuff. It's just, I can't stand the taste of any of it. So I don't know if it's good or not. Um, but you know, at some point it, it would be fun to hear from people who do know this kind of stuff. But for me, you know, it's uh, it's the non-alcoholic drinks just because for some reason that fermented taste or whatever, whatever the alcohol is, you know, gasoline or kerosene or whatever you guys put in that stuff, just can't do it. It's an acquired taste, that's for sure. Yeah. And it depends on what you're, what you're having as well. I mean, I've had some whiskey that was, I think, 35 years, and it, it hurt going down. Hmm. I'll never do it again. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, you talk, you talk to people who say, oh, man, kombucha is so great, and it's wonderful, and, and, and they're like, you know, it's, it's, it's like having a good... I don't know, like a wine or I, I, again, I don't know. This is just what people are saying. And I try to drink that. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's it's disgusting, <laughs> but that's me. So, you know, for me, I'll talk about the, the coffees, the teas and the other fun little drinks that I'm making. But you know, if you've got a favorite one to throw in there, go for it. But I had to share that usually when I podcast, cause everybody jokes around that I'm like super caffeinated. But the uh, irony of all that is that I usually have one cup of coffee in the morning and maybe an espresso later in the day. Like if I'm out working at a coffee shop or meeting somebody, that's usually it. (laughs) I actually am really not that caffeinated. I just have a lot of natural weird energy. Usually when I'm on the show, I'm drinking tea because you know, we've got loose leaf teas, high quality loose leaf teas. And there's one here. It's called Yinzen from China. It's a a white silver needle or silver needle white tea, an existential experience in your mouth. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And then the beautiful part about, you know, having high quality loose leaf teas is you can usually 
you know, with the whites and the, the oolongs and the green teas and all that, you can usually do a, uh, like a two to three times steep. Right. Which is really oh, cool. But yeah. So I'm drinking that. Oh, it's good. But dude, okay. So I got to tell you about this peppermint hot chocolate that I made. Do you, do you drink any of that kind of stuff or like peppermint mochas or anything? Oh yeah, of course. I love that stuff. Yeah. It's that time of year, right? Oh yeah. Basically, you know, you can use cocoa or you can use a bar of chocolate. You're supposed to use one that's either bittersweet or, you know, however, lighter or uh, what's the word? Darker chocolate is better, less sugar kind of thing. Then you right. put in, you know, good quality whole milk. I prefer grass fed if you can find it. And then heavy whipping cream. And then you put in some sugar. Not very much, though, because you don't want it too sweet. And then, of course, you've got peppermint. They actually recommend peppermint essential oil because it's super concentrated. Concentrated, yeah. Yeah, and all I had was the uh, peppermint extract. But then peppermint is so strong that I've discovered, and this was not part of the recipe, but I've discovered that you want to round out peppermint with something like vanilla and or usually I do vanilla and almond. Uh, You can just do vanilla, but having that vanilla and in my opinion, almond helps to round out the intensity of the peppermint. And mm -hmm. uh, let's see, what am I missing here? I think that's it. So that's, you know, you cook it on a stove and everything and it comes out pretty much drinking chocolate. I mean, it is thick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's awesome oh man so you you and i were chatting before we got on the mic that you haven't seen a lot of christmas movies but there's a uh, a quote in santa claus too you know where they have the toy santa and he gets this hot cocoa and he's like "Woo, that's good and i used to say santa likes that and so that's the you know peppermint hot chocolate <laughs> that i make so you just freak out well you're gonna have to shoot me those uh ingredients so i could try and make that here i will be prepared for a rush. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So you like peppermint mochas. What else do you drink around this time of year? I don't really stray too much. I mean, we eat a lot of, uh, like, you know, vegetable, you know, Japanese kind of stuff, vegetables, yeah. a lot of teas. We use like Genmaicha and uh, Mugi Cha oh, teas. Nice. So we have that kind of teas. Um, I make a lot of espresso during the, you know, typically around 7 p.m. Pacific and sometimes in the morning. I'll do that before work. So mm-hmm. we do that a lot. The coffees, the... The peppermint mochas, even sometimes the the pumpkin spice. When if you're going back that far, I mean those yeah. things are those things are great, and they're, you only could get them one time a year. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try and uh, get my fix for the next year. Yeah, so, no, that's the way to do it. You have some fun. Oh yeah. So I, I like what you said that you try not to stray too far, for, you know, from eating healthy and stuff, and and it's cool because you and I were both at Heroes and Villains. Uh, that was actually the first time that we got a chance to meet in person. And the guy that plays Diggle, so David Ramsey, who plays Diggle on Arrow. If you've seen Arrow, you know who I'm talking about. David Ramsey, big guy. I mean, he's about my height. I think he's about 6'4". But, I mean, the dude's ripped. His his biceps are like, you know, two feet diameter. Kind of, I mean, some, what would you say about that? <laughs> he's a huge guy. <laughs> They're huge. He's huge. Anyway, and it was cool because he walked up to you. I don't think I was here for this part, but he's like, you were telling me or something, but he's saying that you guys needed to arm wrestle. Yeah, that was funny. When I went up there to get the the autograph, they, they said that, and we're like, ah, if we had enough time, we would, but, you know, we, we have to pass this time. <laughs> <laughs> those agents, man, I'll tell you, those managers are always getting in the way. But, yeah, it was uh, awesome. You know, he actually remembered me from that night before, too. He yeah. was like, did I see you at that party last night? Like, yeah. Was, so, that, you know, that's pretty awesome. That was so fun. Yeah, so uh, it's cool because you know you're you're a big dude, man, and when I mean that, I, I mean that in a very respectful like like you're ripped, you're 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 jacked, right? Isn't that what the term is now? <laughs> Isn't that what those kids are saying? 
Yeah. Just just make sure it's not juiced. Jacked is good. Juiced is like, you know, steroids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. You know, I was talking to John Lee Dumas about this a couple weeks ago, you know, and I, I like the fact that people really are focused on being healthy. It's something that, you know, as you do get older, you start to go, ah, crap, I guess I have to be healthy now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you notice it when you get, when I got to maybe 28, that's when stuff started going downhill. You know, I was yeah. like, why well, I can't recover fast anymore. And yeah. if I eat bad, I, I start to gain weight and it's hard to lose it. So I'm like, you know, I need to probably try and stay a little more healthy now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Cause I, I look at, um, you know, like parents' generations and stuff and you start seeing, you know, the health problems and not just even in that generation, but you start seeing health problems with people even, even shoot around our generations now. It's kind of sad right. actually, but yeah, you start seeing that and you're just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to go through that. You know, like I said, that's why I drink tea. That's why I get higher sourced foods, you know, better sourced or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, but once in a while it's like, man, I, I want to have a pizza and a, and a cookie. Well, you, you have to, you have to balance it, you know, like, I mean, yeah. pizza and tea is good next to like your grass fed milk and, and butter. Totally. So you have to balance it. I mean, you have to have fun, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Today's been a great day so far. I ate healthy, you know, got some really healthy eggs and, you know, black coffee tea and then made some, you know, good healthy spaghetti good awesome. stuff, man. You know, that's been, that's been my day so far. So, you know, it's a good day, right? You gotta have some it fun. It is a good day. Yeah. Anything that we're, we're up and we're doing our thing is a good day. That's right. But I'm impressed, man. I, I was impressed that, you know, putting, if I, I didn't see the picture with you and Diggle, but man, if I could have seen that, I'm pretty sure you guys look about the same as far as, you know, size. You know, I, I wanted to take a picture with him, but he wasn't doing any pictures, so I just got all graph. You know, you could be his stunt man. I, I think I could. I mean, yeah. we have the same hairline and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, it's possible. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this 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 conversation we were going to have here because I think um, this is something that you know obviously has been an issue for long, 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 long time. I've seen a rise in this. As far as uh, uh, commentary, you know, as far as people talking about it, I've seen a rise in it over the last few years. I mean, it's like I said, it's always been around issue of racism, uh, something that's bothered me a lot. And this isn't just about racism. This is about issues in general. Thing that bothers me a lot is people love to focus on the problem and they get stuck there and then they complain about it and then they whine about it, you know, and whatever. Right. And like I said, this isn't even just racism. This is anything. It's cool to talk about the problem. It's cool to understand it. It's cool to bring light to it, you know, but then I think the most important thing is, is to say, okay, so what's the solution? What are we going to do about it? How are we going to model it? How are we going to be an example of what to do and how to do it? And I think that's where I want to make sure we go today too, because issues are real and let's do our part. Agreed. Yeah, they're definitely real and we need to talk about how we're going to fix it. Yeah. First of all, and I, I brought this up a little bit last week, and I was very curious to hear your thought on this. Um, I had a weird realization or, you know, we'll, we'll call it an epiphany. Uh, racism, it's it's caused by a deeper root issue. And this goes along with just about any kind of thing, right? And the root issue goes to basically the sense of bullying, which goes right. even deeper to why does somebody bully in the first place? You know, and that's where you have to kind of do that self-examination and saying, you know, what am I dealing with? Am I hurting? Am I angry? Um, you know, did something happen? Whatever. Why do I treat someone else the wrong way? Right. Um, you know, which turns into a bullying scenario. As I was looking at basically the action of racism, I was realizing that the action of racism is very similar to the to, to other actions as far as the bullying standpoint. It's just this is their target. 
is you're a different race, different color. So we're going to bully you that way versus, you know, you're a, you're a woman or a man or you're a whatever. Right. Does that make right. sense? So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that there's, there's merit in, in connection in that area? Yeah, it's a, it's one of the many things. I mean, it's, it's black, white, right? It's that kind of thing. Or it's, um, it's oh Apple versus Samsung or it's, or it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's all, all of these things are the same. It's just, it's those people that either have some issue that they're dealing with or that they don't know how to deal with. You know, you have to figure out why these people are being the way they are. Maybe it's the way they were brought up. Maybe it's the way they learned and they haven't figured out that it's, that it, you know, that it's wrong. I mean, it's, there's something going on that needs to be fixed and we need to dig into it and figure out what it is. Yeah. But it's the same, it's the same situation. It's all over the place. It's not just with racism. It's, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's everywhere. Well, I saw a pretty big, and again, I'm not trying to harp on this cause I've said this before, but I saw such, such a negative response after the election that, I mean, it really concerned me so much that I said, I really need to be a voice here on these social issues. And, 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 I'm, and again, I'm defining social issues on things we do that hurt others whatever that right. looks like um, or that are negative. Like it could even just be a negative thing that we need to deal with. So let's talk about the problem of racism. Let's talk about the experiences and we can start with your experiences. If you want, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll even share some of the, you know, limited experiences that I've had in my life. Uh, and then we can talk about the, the solution. Go from there. So yeah, back in uh, 1995 in uh, Long Beach, California, when I was in high school, I was riding my bike back from my cousin's house, which is right down the street from where I live. This was probably around 7 p.m. And out of nowhere, a police car comes at me full on from the other side of the street. Uh, lights on and everything. They get really close to me. They get out of their cars, both of them. They tell me, get off your bike, put your hands on your head, and stand there. Guns on me and everything. So I'm what? standing there. Guns on you? Yeah. They, oh one of the officers grabs me, throws me on the car hood, and says, what are you doing out here? Why, why are you out here on your bike? I'm like, Riding my bike home from my cousin's house. We were practicing music. We're both in the marching band. He says, why are you out here on your bike in the dark? And I'm like, it's not dark yet. And I'm just riding home. I don't see what I'm doing wrong. He says, well, you sure you're not doing anything wrong? And I'm like, I'm positive. You could, I, I'll take you to my cousin's house if you want to ask him. I mean, you know, so they finally let me go and they gave me no reason why they did that to me. Hmm. No reason. Just random, just right there. Gun, guns, everything. That's one of the things that it gets back to me. And it's, it's. I mean, at that time when I was in high school, our statistics were pretty bad. It was one, one like seven of us was going to be dead or in prison. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty awful that we have to experience things like that. But you know, it's yeah. it's you have to you have to deal with it in the most positive way possible. I mean, it's going to continue to happen, and you have to deal with it in the opposite way of how you how you're getting it so yeah you have to say you know maybe something's wrong with them maybe there there's something wrong with their lives that allow them to be this way with other people yeah for sure 94 though wasn't that the big riots uh it's around that time yes okay uh was it rodney king is that wasn't that rodney. Hmm. i'm wondering if people were super sensitive at that moment you know just at that time and for whatever reason but Still, though, I mean, unacceptable. I, I've got a friend who is in Atlanta, which I know you were just there recently. <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, man. And he had the same experience, same kind of thing. Um, brother, cousin, something like that, you know, the, the relatives, basically. And they were on their way to church right. and they got pulled over to same kind of thing. You know, where do you think you're going? They're going like we're going to church, you know. 
and you know, let me see the trunk. And they were basically trying to see if they had a drug bust and they're going, we're going to a Bible study. (laughs) Right. Right. And so it's kind of like, why, why does that happen? But being white, you know, I, I didn't see any racism against me per se. I did see it occur with other friends of mine, you know, different, depending on, you know, different places, different times. Um, but living in, in, uh, Arizona and then Colorado, you know, we don't see as much of it. I know it still occurs. It's not as prominent. Let's put it that way. But, you know, I've seen it before. I've seen people, you know, they look at them weird and, and, uh, and I think I actually wrote this. I, I told you this story, but I haven't shared it on the show yet. Let me think this was high school and it was a social studies class. And my teacher at the time was, uh, talking about basically it was with a friend of his, you know, and the, uh, Ku Klux Klan you know, they stopped him on campus and started screwing with the other guy. And, and my, my, uh, my teacher was like, you know, no, I'm going to stand up for him. You know, and of course he got ridiculed and they both got basically beaten within an inch of their lives. Um, you know, but it was interesting. It's one of those stories that, you know, that I'll never forget that story. It impacted me big time. And I just kind of like, this is just not how we treat people. I don't care who they are. You know, I don't care what they've done or who they are. We do not treat people like this period. Right. And it's, uh, when you think about it, you, I mean, you're fighting over color. I mean, it's, you don't get to choose how you're, what color you're going to be. You're, you're born that way. You know, you might be born darker because of the region you were from or the region your ancestors were from. You might be born lighter from the region you were from, or, you know, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with being inferior or being more of an authority. You know what I mean? But that's what, that's what they want it to be. And we need to figure out how we, how we can fix that. You know, we just have to be better. Yeah. We can't fight it with negative. We have to fight it with more with positive. We have to be positive. Yeah. And that's the difficult part because it's hard to fix the issue when it's when most people want to acknowledge it. For instance, uh, as you said, uh, you've never actually experienced it yourself, but most people, if they don't experience it, they associate that with, with it not being real. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's half the problem that I see a lot. Um the people will tell me, well, that's not real. I mean, you, you guys are making that up. I'm like, we're not making this up. Why would we be making this up? Yeah. This is, this is, this is happening to us all the time. Yeah. I've never experienced racism against me personally, but I've experienced discrimination, you know, in other ways. So it's like, which is the same thing. Exactly. So it's not about, it wasn't about the color of my skin, but it was about other things. I mean, right. you know, I, of course, granted, you know, when you're younger, you just get, again, it goes back to the bullying thing, right? Uh, I had glasses and braces at the freaking same time. So of course you can get made fun of because you're different. Right. You know, uh, I, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that I had differences in my whole life growing up and you always get ridiculed with them. You do get discriminated on them. I mean, I worked uh, in an office full of women. I was the only man there. Dude, do you think I was treated equally? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I hated that work environment. I mean, it sucked. I, I was, but you want to know why though, is that most of those women there at the time had less than ideal marriages. And as a result had sons that were kind of, uh, you know, off on the wild path, if you know what I mean. Yep. So that's how they saw men. They saw men as screw ups. Screw ups, right? And so I was treated as a screw up constantly for two years that I worked there. And I, you know, I look back and I go, you know, I can't blame them for treating me like that because that's their personal experience in that moment. They were not maliciously setting out every day, coming to work and saying, we're going to screw Brian over and we're going to treat him. When they, of course, they didn't say that, you know, but that's just, that's the men they had in their life. And so that's just how they treated men. 
Well, it wasn't right, but it, you know. Right. And that's the problem. It's they're, they're not giving you the opportunity to prove to them that you're not that person. Yeah. You see what I mean? Totally. Totally. And that's the, that's the issue. They, everyone's not the same. You might have this one person that might treat you bad, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to treat you bad. Yeah. It just means that one person treated you bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a hard issue to find a fix for, but it's, it's human, it's human nature. There's always going to be something that we're going to find that's different, you know, and mm-hmm. that different is going to be something that segregates us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's things we don't understand, things we might fear as a result, things that again, like, you know, you're, you're dealing with something or, uh, you know, in the case that I was telling you about, they, this is their experience. And as a result, they were hurt. So what are they going to do? They're going to, you know, push someone down to make themselves feel better. Right. Whether they even know it or not, they may not even, you know, consciously realize that that's what they're doing. Right. You get, you get, uh, it seems like people get off from hurting others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you could bring someone, uh, down to your level and even below your level, then it makes you feel better because you're, Mm -hmm. you're at a higher, you know, you're standing higher than that person that you just destroyed. Yeah. I have done my fair share of bullying, you know, when I was younger and, just again, you know, it's what you're around. You just do it. You don't really know why you're doing it. And then when you realize what you're doing, you're, you're appalled with yourself, you know, right. Uh, hopefully people do realize it. But I was even thinking about this, that, you know, even, even from where I've come, what I've dealt with and, you know, ideally the person that I'm trying to become right now, you know, we talk about like on Aero Squad, we, we've been critical of Aero lately because it hasn't really lived up to the, uh, the example and the expectations that it set in the first few seasons. Right. Not lately anyway, but I got to thinking even about just some of our commentary that, you know, well, the writers messed up on this and blah, blah, blah. And I started realizing that I was getting very dangerously close to bullying them. There's a difference between criticism and saying, well, you know, like a, like a critics type, you know, here's, here's my thoughts and here's what we did. And then taking it too far and being like, these guys are pissing me off and blah, 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 you know, and so right. on and so forth. And, and I think we've come dangerously close to that. Um, even in our criticism to these people kind of like, you guys should know better. Or even in my thought process, I was thinking about, you know, like the, the two show creators, Christberg and Berlanti, you know, that originally wrote some of the first couple of seasons did a right. great job. And then they brought in these newer writers. I don't know who they are. They could be rookies. They could be seasoned. I don't know, but you know, they're newer writers and we got this impression. That's like, Oh, it's those writers. Right. You know? And I'm like, wait a minute. Who do we think we are? Like even judging those people, <laughs> you know? Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing I was trying to get at, too, is, um, you know, they're still giving us shows that we can all sit down as a community and talk about. I mean, they're still bringing us together for yeah, free. Yeah. There's, it's, it's never personal. They're just trying to do they're trying to do what they think is right. You know, yeah. and, and it might not be right for everyone, but to them, it's right. And we have to accept that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And we see a lot of bullying in gaming. You know, yeah. uh, in fact, <laughs> Gaming etiquette should be something somebody creates, but it's interesting because, you know, you talk about people who, you know, they have time to sit there and play the game ad nauseum, 12, 15, 20 hours a day because they don't have anything else to do for whatever reason. And so they get really good at their games, right? Or maybe they have a natural propensity towards those types of games. And so they get really good. And when other people aren't as good as them, they get mad, they get pissed. Oh man. And mean. And it's just kind of like, are you kidding? <laughs> you can't like for instance you can't get on a call of duty game um, playing multiplayer as a newbie you can't do that yeah. that's impossible 
Yeah. These guys are going to, are going to be hot. You know what I mean? They're gonna be <laughs> That's bad. a nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be cussing you because they can speak to you now. They're going to be cussing at you. They're going to yeah. be telling you all kinds of profanities. Yeah. It's just how some people are. It's sad. Yeah. It's totally bullying. Right. You know, so it, it comes back to, you know, that racism is such an issue right now. Um, and yeah, and I guess I like to look at it as that it goes deeper than that, you know? So I, I look at issues like this, something Garrett Wong and I talked about, you know, when, when he and I chatted is, is getting to the root of the issue because right. I, I feel like a lot of times and people do this with colds, right? You get a cold and you take NyQuil and then you feel better, right? Except NyQuil doesn't actually get you better. It doesn't do anything. It just takes, it, it minimizes the symptoms Right. Of the actual problem. The actual problem is you are exposed to a sickness. You're underslept. You're overstressed. You're not eating well. You know, you name it, right? Look at the core issue. And that is, do I have too much stress? Do I need more sleep? Do I need to eat better? Blah, blah, blah. Do I need to wash my hands? I was, I was in the bathroom. Three guys walk in, walked right out. Didn't even wash their hands. I'm like, dude, guys, come on, come on. And that's the nasty part. I mean, you, how do you open the door when you know people's stuff is on that doorknob with a with a paper towel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or the phone that he touched. Oh, the other office door that he touched that you probably forgot about when you walked out of the bathroom. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's disgusting and it's <laughs> it's uh, awful. Yeah, it's awful. My mom's a nurse, and I have a lot of friends who are in the medical profession, and every one of them have done studies and cultures and tests and everything like that as to, you know, what a typical door handle carries and, and et cetera, et cetera on a bathroom door or any kind of a door handle or whatever. And Oh, it's nasty. And I I bet. Mean, it's bad. And I'm just like, wash your freaking hands. So many of these sicknesses could be prevented by washing yep. your hands, but you know what? It's funny kind of, <laughs> but you know, it goes back to this issue. What is the problem here? What's the root cause that causes racism. Like, let's not put a bandaid on this issue. Let's find out what the root issue is here and why this is an issue in the first place. And let's figure out the solution. So what do you think the root issue is? Well, I, I don't know what the root issue is, but I think it comes back to that's what they're taught because you're never born that you're not born that way. You are taught that. So hmm. you have to go back to, you know, who taught you that? Then you need to go to the person that taught that person that and figure out why that person is like that. You have to go far back to figure out where this is coming from. Yeah. It's just not that one person. You have to figure out why that person picked this lifestyle up. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, Cause you know, I was thinking of um, like my grandparents generation and you know, it was around the world war two time. Right. So of course they still talk about Japanese with a yeah. little bit of a, not a racist bent as more as it is just a jaded view. Right. You know, it's just kind of, that's just where they were. That that was their time. And that was what they grew up with. I'm not like that. I don't care, you know, because right. I look at that. Well, we all have issues. <laughs> it doesn't matter what nationality you are. You know, we, we've all got our problems. Yeah. But you're right about that. So I think there is something generational or, you know, if they were involved in a war against a certain group of people or whatever, you know, you just have a bad attitude towards that. You see that in just about every war you see that. in, you know, I mean, even sci-fi, you know, where they've got wars with other aliens or whatever. They've got those types of issues, too. Yeah. I mean, jealousy is a lot of it, too. Uh, jealousy yeah. could be a part of it because when you're jealous, it's like the whole elementary school thing, right? When you're when you like someone, you usually try and do something that that usually pisses that person off so you could get their attention. Yeah. 
it's it's a way of calling for attention for something, and we just don't know what that something is. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Trying to get attention. Well, you're hurting. By hurt, yeah, you're yeah. hurting, and you want others to hurt with you. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, misery loves company. Yes. I like you're you're on the yep. yep. You're you have to bring other people down with you, right? Yeah, you're that's right. You hear this a lot in business, but I talked about this a lot with ProfitCast is the uh, poverty mindset or the poverty mentality, depending on where you, you know, you have either poverty mindset or you have the abundant mindset. Sure. And that's, I mean, that that can involve money, that can involve anything in life, right? Joy, depression, negativity or whatever. And I did find that, that a lot of people, when you start surrounding yourself with that kind of thing, right? You're the sum of the five people around you. So you surround yourself with that, you pick it up enough and all of a sudden you become that person too, or that attitude and it is interesting because I was starting to feel that, um, you know, for a long time, people are like, oh, well, whatever, you know. So how's your day today? Well, a long day. And I've had right. a horrible day. Or And I'm like, is it really that bad, though? I mean, really? You know, is life really that bad? But, yeah. you know, they try to find something wrong with everything. Um, but it's that same kind of thing. Like you said, you're around it. And so if you're, quote, hurting or you're uh, you're influenced by those around you, then you have that tendency to want to pull other people into that with you. Right. And the, the human body is, is very good at adapting. I mean, yeah. you could adapt to that environment and not know that you're adapting to it. And change your chemical structure inside your body. Exactly. Yep. So you crave it. Yep. Mm, man. Yeah, this is you good. Because it, it keeps you going. What do you want? Like, let me ask you that. What do you want from others? What do you want to see happen? I want others to acknowledge that the issue is there and when they experience the issue, if they experience the issue, fight it, but fight it in a positive way. Don't fight it with more negativity because it doesn't get you anywhere and it only feeds those people that are starting these problems in the first place. Yeah. So you have to fight it in a different way. You have to fight it by being polite, being respectful because I mean, think about it when a bully's bullying you and you show that you're not phased by it, that bully is like, okay, well, Maybe this is the wrong guy to be messing with because he's not showing me any signs that he's that he's mad about it. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing. You have to just you have to fight it with a positive approach, even though it's tough and hard. It's oh, yeah. usually the hardest way to do it. It's yeah. the only way to do it, but it's hard, and that's why people don't do it. What uh, What do you think most people do in reaction? They fight it with negative. They 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 go the same approach. They well well you and your people and all this. You know yeah. they go back that direction. And that doesn't fix anything. It just makes it worse. Yeah. You know, you see it in movies and, you know, media a lot, unfortunately, where it's, uh, like you said, fight it, fight it with fire, basically fight it with the wrong intentions. And and I've seen both sides, uh, right. especially in movies. And it's just kind of like, I don't think this is the right example either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But no. But, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. That's the thing too. You, you have to, you have these people that are already beaten down and they're, they're, um, they're spreading this this bad information and this racism, right? And then they see these movies that kind of feed into their negativity. So it kind of helps them. But it's only helping these people that are already broken. Like, that's not the people that are broken are not the people that want to be fixed. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They don't see themselves as being wrong in the first place. So how, why would they need to fix anything and they don't see themselves being wrong? Well, that's most people. Right. Think about it, right? We got it. yeah oh my gosh i mean that's that's the one thing that i've had to learn the hard way in life is that we each of us have our issues we've each made our own mistakes some bigger than others we have nothing 
to say on anyone else, period. We, are, we have no right to judge. Now, exactly. we can stand up with our friends and we can, you know, uh, go to them and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing, man. What can I do to help? You know, because yep. you got to get each other's backs. You got to support each other. You got to help help each other deal with the negativity, become better people. I mean, we got to do that, right? So somebody's doing something wrong. It's okay. And I mean, if you know them, right, you got a good relationship with them. It's okay to go up to them and, and challenge them a little bit. That's a good thing. But that's right. different. Challenge and judgment are very, very different. Very different. So I see. Yeah. And unfortunately, like you said, they got to want it. So I know a lot of people who, you know, think they're not doing anything wrong. And right. in fact, most people I know have tendencies to that some more than others. Um, you know, we're perfect, right? We got it. We don't need help. We're lone rangers. Booyah. So and you, you want so badly to, you know, just show them another perspective and they just don't want to listen to it. Yeah. I've heard this before where people have said, well, we're all the same. I'm like, well, no, we're not actually. We're all very different. And that's a good thing. Like I like the fact that we're different. If we were all the same, it'd be boring. Um, yeah. We each have uniquenesses, different experiences, different strengths. I mean, we're all unique. That is awesome. Right. But exactly. what is important is to say we all have equal value regardless of who we are or what we've done. We all have equal value. And, right. and even if we've done bad things, we still have equal value. You know, there's the redemption period. There's the, you know, right. You mess up, right. you do something wrong, learn from it, move forward, go from there. But I want to exactly. see more people set an example of equal value regardless and respect. Right. You just, just treat people the way you want to be treated. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, you don't want someone, you know, looking down on you just for the fact that you're a certain color. That makes no sense. See, and I don't understand that either. That's the thing. And again, I, that's why I wanted to, to talk, talk about it, bring you on and that kind of thing, because I don't understand why people are racist. I really don't. Um, but again, I do understand bullying. And I think right. that if, if I'm, that's why I wanted to tie it together is because I understand bullying. I understand why we do that. And to me, racism is a form of bullying. And therefore I understand racism because of that. But I don't understand racism in and of itself. <laughs> if that makes right. sense. It's, it's, it's just like you said, it's just a different form of bullying. It's, it's yeah. in, it's under that scope of bullying. It's just one spot under that scope. Yeah. But there's a lot under that scope of bullying and racism is one of them. Yeah. Now I'm going to say something here that, that, uh, you know, may discourage some people, but it's true. There will always be bullying and racism and there always has been. I don't and, believe that will ever change because we live in a world that people do whatever they want. We live in a world that have mistakes. You know, I, I just don't think that's ever going to change, but the hope here is we as a community can be a light and an example of what to do versus those who don't care. So we can be that example. We can have that solution. We can show that respect, that same equal value, all of that. Even if it's just a few people at a time, it's better than no one. Right. And I'm glad you said that because um, I really got comfortable with this issue when I realized to myself that it's not going to change. And I don't think it's supposed to change. I think it's by design that we're supposed to figure out a better way to deal with it. Do you deal with it in a positive way or do you deal with it in a negative way? Yeah. That's going to determine the outcome of your life. I mean, you know, it's there. Find the way to deal with it in the positive way and just and keep moving on with your life and try and teach your story out. You know, try and tell people your story and just to see whether, you know, your background. Yeah. I mean, that goes a long way. I mean, just to me, just knowing that it's always going to be there and knowing how to deal with it is what makes me, you know, get through my life day in and day out. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think, um, you know, if you're the recipient 
those are good words, right? Those what you just said there, and I think it's it's important to have that hope and to have the right response, to have a healthy attitude regardless. But I think that if you're a witness, whether it's a friend of yours or you just see it, um, stand up. Don't just be right. the the person that, you know, don't be the onlooker, right? That's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, don't let it happen. Yeah, exactly. I heard two interesting stories. You know, I don't know the story I heard about it, but it was, I guess, something that happened years and years ago where some woman was getting assaulted, basically, and everybody just sat there and watched. And she eventually died. And later, after police investigations, everyone was like, well, I thought someone else had called the police. Yeah, it's, it's sick. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's similar to all the videos you see online of someone getting getting beat up and people are recording it. They're not even helping. Yeah, They're come recording. on. Yeah, you put your phone down and go help this person that's being abused. Yeah. You know, the other story that I, I heard, and I actually know this person personally, woman was getting assaulted. Same story, same type of story. He saw it. He went up. He literally physically pulled the guy off of her and threw him and pretty much put him down like, you know, he's alive. The, the, the assault or what do you call him? The, the assailant, the assaulter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Anyway, um, you know, he's, they, they didn't kill him or anything like that, but he pretty much, you know, put him out of commission this. And actually the, this guy that I know he's a pastor in town, but uh, he got a, some kind of an award and recognition for it because he saved this woman's life. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely, that's the way we should do it. I don't care. I don't care if you don't know karate or self-defense learn some, I don't care, whatever, but get out there, do what you got to do. Stand up for somebody. You know, ideally you're standing up for somebody in a, in a vocal way and not having to resort to a physical way. Let's, let's hope that that's all that it has to be. Right. But still, I mean, come on. That's, that's the thing. It's like, that's where I got so frustrated and I took a risk for doing this, you know, again, right after the election, I got so frustrated with how people were hurting other people. The results of the election, the election itself, whatever was going on, regardless of who you wanted or didn't want, to me, that all paled in comparison to what people were saying after. And I got so angry and so frustrated. And I was like, we do not treat people like this, period. I don't care who you are. And I will stand up for each person that got beaten up. That is not okay. And I was like, I'm taking a risk, but I don't care. You know, Um, I don't think anybody defriended me. (laughs) So, but actually had a lot of people who were kind of like, oh, thank you. Actually, we needed that. We needed a little bit of a, you know shock to the system oh yeah i definitely so, got defended a couple of times did you really oh yeah. yeah i don't agree with see that's ridiculous like i actually saw people who had written you know if you voted for this person or whatever I, i'm unfriending you and i thought are you kidding me <laughs> like really yeah. so it's but it goes again this goes back to what we were just talking about this is not how we treat people so we need to stand up for each other And then, of course, as the person who is the recipient, you know, we need to have a healthy attitude, like you said, healthy response, a positive response. Um, Man, I love this. And, and, you know, this this show is not intended to be teaching, um, but I do like finding solutions and and trying to be that example and being an encouragement to others. That's exactly why we need the Real Brian show, because there there isn't shows out there like this. Mm -hmm. We need the show to be in the public to show other people, you know, just this, this is what it's about. This is, this is life. This is how we need to treat people. Um, and not only that, I mean, there's, it's, the show's limitless. It could go anywhere. Yeah. And that's the great part about this. It's, it's fun. There's great people everywhere and it's just, it's, it's, it's a blast. I mean, that's just what it is. Nice. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. It's funny. Cause you know, originally I started, man, I just want to, I just want to entertain, have a good time. And I still love doing that, but there are just some things I think, you know, we need to address and talk about and, 
It's things that people are really honestly, truly afraid to talk about for some reason, like they're afraid of backlash or whatever. And I hear it all the time. You know, it's like, well, I can't bring that up because I'm afraid of, you know, what, what the response is going to be. And I'm like, I get that. I really do. But you can't be afraid of that because that's the problem is everybody's afraid of the backlash. And so nobody says anything. Right. Does anything. You have to do it. You're doing it. I mean, you can't be afraid. You have to be out there. You have to tell it like it is. Yeah. You, some people will be angry about it, but deep down inside, they know it's the truth. Yeah. And, and honestly, too, I hope we're, we're presenting it in a, in a way, too, that's saying, OK, here is an issue. Here's a problem. But we understand the deeper root issue. You know, let's try to address that. And then, you know, let's look for a solution. Let's be an example. And I, and I agree. I think the solution is, um, you know, what we've talked about, about, you know, if you're the recipient, here's what you do. And if you're the, the witness or whatever, here's what you do. But I also think that, you know, we need to live that example. And that's it goes back to why I wanted to share unleash the superhero moments, healthy responses to a negative scenario, whatever that may be, Um, because it happens all the time, right? People are angry, especially this season. You know, like everybody's shopping and they're stressed out and they're angry and, you know, yep, angry over arrow and angry over the (laughs) (laughs) fire. Yeah, I had to, I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I I hope uh, one one of my gamer friends really does have funny funny responses. Um, to, you know, like we were mentioning earlier, people get all angry and they're you know, like you said, they're cussing you out or whatever, and blah blah blah. And he's he's funny, and he has <laughs> diffused probably three pretty intense conversations with wow. his hilarious comments, and then usually everybody's just like, what? And then they, and at first they won't, they won't accept it. They'll still be like, like WTF, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they'll, they'll keep doing that. Um, right. And then eventually they're just like, oh, and then they start joking around with you. They're still joking in a kind of a disrespectful way, but now they, now they are joking. Right. And then it sure. ends and, but it's interesting how, how quickly he was able to diffuse it by, you know, a, a funny comment or, or something that just kind of, bl- you know, pulled you out of that, that negative moment or whatever. Right. And it's amazing how that works. Definitely. You know, some people have that, that skill and they just make it happen. Yeah. Well, you know, we all tend to love comedians, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Did you watch community? No, I didn't. No. Okay. That oh man. I love that show. I wish they were still on that show was probably the most irreverent show that I've seen in a while. And yet was still somehow not offensive. Like they were actually still sort of respect. Well, I don't know if they were respectful per se, but they weren't disrespectful. They weren't offensive, but they were irreverent. Right. You know, like they would make fun of everyone. They're on that line basically. Yeah. But they somehow they would do it. So, I mean, you know, you talk about like racist comments, like they wouldn't necessarily make racist comments, but they would make fun of everybody, everybody, not just one, like everybody would make fun of each other. And it was almost like, Here's the stuff that you see that's going on that upsets us and they're doing it in a way that brings light to it and kind of goes, oh, thank you. Like, yes, we can laugh at ourselves. It's okay. Relax. And I think they did a great job with it. Oh, good. So check that out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think people just don't really get upset at too much anyway. Most comedians. (laughs) (laughs) Remember comedy, laughter. It's medicine. It's it definitely is medicine. You have to. Yeah, you have to do it. I love it. Well, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for your time today. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, for having me. But before you sign off, you know, you, you know, I uh, had a chance to chat with Yoda last week. 
continuing with the Star Wars tradition in the sense that Rogue One comes out next week and all that, you know, we're gearing up for Rogue One, having some Star Wars fun. So, um, man, I, the agents have been nice. I got Yoda this week. We have Chewbacca. And um, I, I believe next week we'll probably have uh, one more, you know, as we f- from Star Wars that is gearing up for Rogue One. Nice. Um, and then we're going to go from there. But but Chewbacca, man, I tell you what, what a scintillating conversation. I mean, the depth of of him. Wow. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. Yeah. Make it <laughs> I just I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, he also promised me, too, that he's actually going to sing. I'm looking forward to this one, but I will say this. Let me explain how this works because I didn't get a chance to do this last week. This is something that I did years ago. This has been an idea of mine for for quite some time was to interview characters. So it has to be a character from a movie or a TV show, and the responses have to be quotes from the movie or the TV show. Um, I can't make them up. I can't have somebody voice them. It has to be actual quotes that we take from the movie. So that's how this works, which is why last week, you know, um, one of my friends, uh, my, my pseudo sister, Kimmy, Kim was kind of like, you know, I, ugh, that conversation with Yoda was so good, but you know, I just wish he would go into more detail and he was so vague at times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought, see, that's the problem is that it has to be quotes. So right. that's where the, the fun and the challenge comes in is I have to create a, uh, a conversation around movie quotes, which, uh, this, this is how my brain works. People. It is messed up. And I want to thank Josh Rivers over at podcastguymedia.com. You know, he he was at editing the episodes and, and helping with the production on that. And I said, could you get me these quotes? Like if I write them down and tell you which quotes I want, can you actually go and, and get those from me or for me? I mean, and that's so much work. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how much work that is. I mean, you have to go through movies to find those. Yeah, well, and, and usually what I try to do is say, okay, here's here's the movie that it's in. Here's the quote I'm looking for, you know, and if, if we knew the movie well enough, you know, we know the approximate location in the movie. So that's good. But anyway, I really, really just wanted to thank Josh for, for helping out with that. And I told him, do not edit these episodes. Let me take care of that. Uh, Josh, thank you, man. Go to podcastguymedia.com, Check out all of his stuff and, and give him some love and support because that's so awesome. Thank you for that. But anyway, we are going to chat with uh, Chewbacca here. CJ Thunder. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Chewbacca, welcome to The Real Brian Show. It is an honor to have you here on The Real Brian Show. I got to tell you, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I would watch Star Wars on VHS. I'd watch it over and over and over, and my parents would always say, punch it, Chewie. We'd get in the car. I mean, it's good memories, man. <laughs> See, I, I Exactly. I, I love it. All right, so do you prefer Chewbacca or Chewie? <laughs> I am not calling you Snookums. No. Absolutely not. I'm going with Chewy. All right. You can suck it. All right. So let's start with the question that I love asking. What is one thing about you or that you've done that most people don't already know? Really? Well, that's impressive. Seriously, man, me too. That is so cool. That is one of my favorite things to do as well. Very cool, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I'm assuming you'd say it's an honor to be, you know, here on the real Brian show, right? Oh, of course you'd say that. But, but I appreciate it anyway. Yoda was absolutely honored. I mean, you know, he told me over and over just, to, uh, you know, man is like, oh, I just can't believe I'm on the real Brian show. And speaking of which, he last week said that Wookiees were seductive and twisted by the dark side. Yeah, I figured Yoda was jacking with you and, you know, your entire species. Now, hold, don't cry. All right. It's going to be fine. All right. 
Okay, that's a good point. You know, I don't think people ever really think that way anymore. You're a good man or a, a, a thing. <laughs> Wookie, there we go. So tell me, what are you doing these days to, you know, keep yourself busy now that Han's dead? I'm oh, sorry, is that too, too soon? That's good, though, but you and Ray seem to hit it off, so that's a good thing, you know? Though I got a thought here. What do you think, like, Ray and a Wookie like you and... No? Okay. No, no worries. That's cool. Just checking. But you're keeping yourself busy right now, right? Yeah? Nice. No, I don't think you should, actually. Our uh, Canadian friends might get a little annoyed by that. Yeah, Martin as well. Wait, wait. You know Martin? You know all of my friends. Um, You know, you're not making me feel too secure right now. So... Okay, no, hold on. I, I got to know this, though. Is it actually true that you you and other Wookiees pull people's arms out of their sockets, you know, when you guys get upset? I thought so. All right, let's talk Rogue One. I'm excited, all right? This is coming out here in just a couple of weeks. What are your thoughts? Oh, that's a great point. Oh, man, that's awesome. I hadn't even thought about that. I like that. Yeah, you, you're right about that one. Well, I'm excited, too. I've got advanced tickets. I got them last week for opening weekend. You too, huh? I'm so excited for this movie. How do people actually see over you in the theater? That's really disrespectful, man. You seriously should care about that. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> Jerk. They didn't ask you to be in Rogue One? Seriously? You do know that you could sort of persuade them, right? Well, okay. That's a better response and attitude than I probably would have had. Well, I don't know. I mean, it is part of your history, right? I mean, think about this. It would make sense for them to include your life prior to episode four. They sort of touched on the Wookiee history and all that back in episode three. But I mean, what happens to you between what they shared in episode three and episode four? Seriously. You think they should do an entire movie about your life? And you want to call it Chewie's Kablooey? <laughs> no, that is not a good name. Yeah, still a sucky name, man. Sorry, I just call it how I see it. Well, anyway, I'm glad you're excited about Rogue One, though, regardless. I've mentioned this before. My friend Kyle from Tumbling Saber is coming on next week to talk about Rogue One. We're going to get amped up for the movie. Oh, you know Kyle too. You know, it's mildly disturbing how many of my friends you actually know. (laughs) You've been to Kyle's house. Does Kyle know this? Okay, well, Chewie, before we go, I understand now that you wanted to sing a Christmas song for us. And I got to tell you, man, I'm excited. So, uh, you know, please do enrich our lives with this song.
that was that was beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, our time's about up. Uh, any advice and encouragement that you have for us as we part ways? <laughs> Oh, man, I agree. That is awesome. Thank you so much. That's very encouraging. And I know that I can speak on behalf of this entire TRB show community. These are wise and helpful words, and I know we can learn a lot from them. So thank you so much, Chewy. No, I will still not call you Snookums. No, 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 no. The honor has been all on this side of the microphone, my friend. Chewbacca, thank you so much for being here on The Real Brian Show. I, you know what we're going to do? I'm just going to jump right into uh, the interview here with Lee Steven because I wanted to get that out. Um, I know we're already running long today, but lots of good stuff. So thanks for joining me on all of this today. It's been a lot of fun, um, but we talked to Lee Steven last week. So if you missed the first part of that, do go back and listen to that first. But we had more. We wanted to chat about some really good stuff. The art of storytelling is 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 very difficult, and I'm sure you've learned that. I mean, obviously, you did it very naturally because, you know, you're a young person. You're playing XCOM. You're creating stories in your mind. Talk a little bit more uh, about how you've embraced your inner nerd, what the embracing of the inner nerd looked like, those things you nerded out about. But at the same time, I do want to go into kind of how you've trained up your storytelling because okay. there's some cool stuff into that. But yeah, talk about the the nerdy things. The nerdy things. Well, um, millennials today, y'all don't know how easy y'all got it because now it's cool to be a nerd. Now it's like, oh, man. it's the thing to be. You have your glasses and you, you dress a certain way and you do your thing and that's, you're the uh, you're the cat's meow in 2016. Mm-hmm. In 1988, it was not like that. <laughs> you know, if you were the nerd, you were the target. Oh yeah. You know, um, and I was the target uh, for a lot of um, a lot of people in, in school. And um, so you know, I got bullied. I got messed with for being you know four eyes and and whatnot. I I think it's a little bit different trying to explain the context of then and now, unless you've experienced true bullying. I'm not trivializing bullying today. There's a lot of horrible bullying that takes place. There was no safe space when when we were kids to go to. So, you know, you just had to take your licks. You got socked. You either socked back or you outwitted. Mm-hmm. And so for, for the nerd, you had to outwit. and You just had to uh, escape if you couldn't outwit to your own little world. I think this is going to turn into a sad story. This is, I feel like you should... <laughs> You should add in like violin music in post production. Um, Put some no, of the, so, the music. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a soft piano <laughs> sadness. Um, no, but uh, you know, you really for for those back in the day, and for my case, you know, a lot of times I had to kind of retreat to my own mind just to just to have to be able to be me and be able mm-hmm. to come up with things that that I came up with without having to worry about who was going to see the weird kid drawing aliens in during recess when everybody else is playing baseball or whatever. Yeah. You know, th- there was a, a lot of struggle growing up. As I've gotten older, it's become a more of a mark of pride, not anything to do with the way nerds are perceived now, but I think knowing that I made it through the struggle and and came out the better for it. I think that's allowed me to uh, say, yeah, you know what? I turned out all right. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good for myself. How are y'all doing? You know, uh, still stuck back in high school in your mid thirties. It's one of those things where you you learn to you learn to be tough. And um, I think it's a quote from Rocky. It's not how hard you hit; it's how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah, you know that that's important. I th- oh man, I'm gonna get so many letters from angry moms. I think to an extent, <laughs> bullying is 
necessary. I think it is because you need that adversity. You need to have someone who is going to push you because you have to learn to push back if you want to survive. Never having that adversity, you, you, you tend to, you, you don't grow muscles that you never use. When you learn to persevere and fight back, you kind of grow up those perseverance muscles yeah. and, and you build them up and you, and you learn that you can take a lick it and keep on going, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and it's not an advocation of bullying because that'd be ridiculous, yeah. but it's that sometimes you come out stronger having gone through it. Sometimes you come out more of a fighter. Sometimes you come out taking more pride in what you do and recognizing that a lot of, a lot of bullying is insecurity on the part of the other person. You know, oh, yeah. they, they need to make, they need to make you feel like that because they don't feel a certain way about themselves. Yeah. You know, it, as much as it's a struggle for the person being bullied, it's a struggle for the bully too, because they're dealing with a much deeper issue. The embracing of my inner nerd was really the survival of my inner nerd to the point now where, you know, even if it wasn't cool to be a, uh, cool to be a dork today, which it really is. I turned out something good through all of that. And yeah. I think that yeah. that says something about the value of the fight. Um, not, yeah. you know, just for me, but for anyone who's, who's been in that, that fight before, if that makes any kind of sense at all. Oh yeah. But, um, no, if, <laughs> Today, y'all got to understand, those of you who are, are listen to this and are in high school or young in college, like the video gamer was not the athlete on campus. Like no. it is now. No. It's not the way it worked. This is bizarro world to those of us who grew up in the 80s. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's really it for me. It's powerful. It's it's necessary to understand that too. And, and I'll tell you, I'm in the same generation you are. And you know what's funny is you and I are actually at the trail edge of Gen X um, yeah, I yeah. believe that uh, millennial starts at 82. Does it really? Yeah. So, so we're, we're like trail edge of gen Xers, uh, which I find funny because I actually do understand a lot of the millennial stuff, just having been part of right. that world in some ways, but I also understand the gen X side, but no, I, you know, I was the same kind of person. I, I was, uh, coming home every day watching star Trek, you know, the next yeah. generation Voyager, deep space nine, all that, you know, I was just, I was into that stuff and and I was a video gamer and, you know, my friends, I, I played music, right? I wasn't a band nerd in the sense of, um, I, because I was a pianist, I didn't really fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Can't march right. with a grand piano around your neck. I mean, you could, I probably yeah. wouldn't be alive today, but I will say <laughs> that I, you know, I, I was the same kind of thing, you know, that I had the four eyes. Unfortunately, I got glasses and braces right about the same time, which, you know, yeah, it's just that's a bummer. Oh uh, yeah. It's rough. But you know, I was into that stuff, but at the same time I played basketball but I never fit with the basketball crowd because I also was over here with this kind of stuff too. Yeah. But uh, you know, I like what you said um, that adversity is necessary. I I don't, I, you know, I I know exactly what you were trying to say there and I don't know about, I think bullying is inevitable. I don't think that there's any way around that. I don't know if it's necessary, but adversity, absolutely. Adversity is necessary. And absolutely. um, I'm I'm probably using my own experience because for me, adversity was bullying. Um, sure. You know, sure. I don't think you'd find anyone with any lick of, of common sense that would say, you know, bullying is a good thing. But the no. adversity is a good thing. The challenge is a Absolutely. good thing. And sometimes if the challenge is in the form of a bully, well, smack them back. Yeah. Well, I, seriously. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you do. Um, I, know. I, uh, now, I don't know if you do that today. You get expelled and arrested. And- oh, you know, that's I, in some ways like it was harder when we were younger, but in some ways it was easier, you know? Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could do things. I, I oh my gosh! I funny story. We were on our way to go see. I was a kid, and we were on our way to go see Goonies in the theater. And a friend of mine, I think his mom was driving in their old station wagon, and my mom was in the front, and all of us were in the back. 
And the th- we get to the theater and it, it's like closed for renovation or something. Right. Totally didn't know that. You know, you didn't have internet back then. And so you're just like, whatever. So <laughs> we're like, as the kids were like, well, let's go to that other theater and we'll go to that showtime. And the moms are like, no, nah, never mind. Let's just go home. And well, my friend threw a fit and he took one of those, uh, you know, sunshades and he wrote, yeah. I've been kidnapped, call police and put it in the back of the window. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. We were Man. back there cracking up and laughing and all that. Nobody did anything. They just waved at us, you know, because <laughs> it's like there's two women in the car. There's a bunch of kids. You know, everybody's looking fine. It's just it's a kid throwing a tantrum nowadays. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. People would be horrified. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Let me tell you what my kid did. So I have um, Levi. He's uh, He just turned four, but uh, this was when he was three years old. I'm walking with him in the mall, and he decides, I don't remember what it was, but there was like a store he wanted to go to, go to. It was probably something like Victoria's Secret. Like, why would you even want to do that? Let's, no, let's move on. Some store that he, I did not want him going into, so I kept pulling him along, and he throws an ever-loving fit, screaming at the top of his lungs, I need help. I'm like, well, this is just great. I'm dragging a screaming child who's screaming, <laughs> I need help. Well, my life is over. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny that you say that because you used to be able to get away with so much more oh, yeah. when you were younger. And 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 But it made us stronger in some it ways. Did, it did yeah. make us stronger. And I, I kind of don't like that we've become as a as a nation, society, we've become the uh nothing should be make us uncomfortable society. Uh, like there should be no inconvenience. There should be no challenge. If I want something, I I should have it and I should have it now. You know, how, how dare you make me, you know, do anything to earn it, you know, and I don't, I don't like that, you know, and, and millennials get picked on a lot. There are some, I know some incredible hardworking people who I would call, I don't call millennials as far back as 82. I really think kids of the the nineties and two thousands now, is kind of what I, what I consider them. It's just ingrained in them this instant gratification for everything. And if there's anything you have to do to earn it, society supports their disdain toward that. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, you should have that whenever you want it. You know, you should have every toy that you want. You should have whatever, you know, it's, I don't know. I have strong feelings about it. I think um, having to work for something makes you appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Having to overcome things makes you value them uh, when you finally have them, the thing that you're after. And uh, it's just not a whole lot of a lot of overcomers today. But there yeah. are a lot of overcomers today, but it's not really what is encouraged. Sure. Um, it seems like people are more encouraged to, they're more coddled, more like, you know, you're entitled yeah. to this. You should have this simply because you want it. You know, and I'm from the time, and I, and I know you were too, where, you know, if you wanted to hear that song, well, you needed to have a blank set and sit by the, the radio and hit record. And wait for you know, it. And wait for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and you know what? When, when you finally got that song, you were pumped up. It didn't matter that there was some idiot DJ talking over the beginning of it. Yeah. It, it didn't matter that, you know, the tape gets crackly in the middle or whatever. You had that song. You could put yeah. in your Walkman and go biking and it was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And now like people are like iTunes is, is so slow right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to take yeah. me 30 seconds to download this. Yeah. I would I can't handle this. You know, it's fascinating too. And I, uh, I do understand. I see it a lot though. And I don't, I certainly do not blame only the people that are doing it because let's face it, like you said, we've, 
told them they can do it. Society yeah. has given it to them. They've, they've encouraged it. And so it's not the person's fault if that's what they've been told to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we're only as good as uh, those who teach us, I think half the time, <clears throat> although we got to take our own responsibility, you know, and, and do our own thing eventually. But that word diversity really just keeps coming back to me because I think that you struck a chord there that adversity is what grows us. And, and I feel that um, there's not a lot of adversity allowed anymore and so, you know, it's, it's kind of like you get a trophy for showing up now with sports teams. Yeah. And I'm like, give me a break. If you don't get first place, you don't get Jack, you lose and you need to learn from losing. And it's okay to lose because you learn how to win next time or you learn yeah. how to grow and everything. And that's a good thing. But when you're not given that opportunity to ever lose at anything, you'll never grow. You'll never yeah. appreciate anything and never go forward. Everybody wants good, quick and cheap, mm-hmm. but you can only pick two. Yep. Combine it however you want, mix and match, but you can only ever have two. There's no such thing as all three. Yeah. And yet people want all three. And I'm like, it's not possible. You have to pick two. It takes a lot of work. And I know you've gone through adversity and I think it pays off and it, it shows in your work. And I appreciate, you know, sharing the bullying scenario. I mean, again, you know, it, it sucks to be bullied and you're right. Bullies are tortured souls for bullying because they're hurting. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, it's, it's inevitable. Adversity is necessary but it's how you overcome it. You can either choose to listen to what the bully has to say or listen to what society tells you, 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 who you are, who you should be. Or you can say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that others haven't done. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from it. Yeah. The, The bigger the challenge to overcome, the more you have a chance to better yourself. And I think if we yeah. keep that in, in perspective, even when dealing with, with a bully and, you know, we're talking about adversity I'm, and what the thought that's coming to me is people even today have a different take of what adversity is. You know, if yeah. someone, if someone posts a picture on Instagram and, and only two people like it, then that's adversity. Now it's <laughs> like adversity yeah. is, is the guy who says, you know, at school, the next time I see you, I'm going to knock your teeth out. That's adversity. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, but if you can approach those those situations with, you know what, if I endure this, how much better off am I going to be? You almost begin to look for impossible things to do just so you can do them. Uh, like produce an audiobook for five years and, and more money than I even want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you know, but th- those are impossible seeming things to do. But you know what? If you can pull it off, boy, you've got something special. And it doesn't matter if it's in um, with a, a goal in life or with a project or with a task or whatever. You know, learn to crave challenges because it shows you what you're made of. And I think a lot of people today don't know what they're made of because they're not pressed. They're not pushed. Yeah. You know, they're not shoved hard into the corner and say, you know, told, you know, get through me. You know, once you start getting through, you learn to embrace those challenges as uh, things to overcome and, and improve through. Yeah, that's so true. But it's not going to be fun. No, no, but <laughs> nothing, not nothing easy nothing is, or no. nothing good. That's what, yeah, nothing worthwhile, yeah. nothing good is ever easier. It, it can be fun, but not always. It, it can be fun in a, I guess it depends on what, what the thing is, but. I'm assuming you had moments where you're like, what am I doing? I should just stop. Oh, well, uh, with the audiobook. No, because I'd spent so much money up front. Sure. And I was like, it, w- it wasn't like, um, you know, should I stop? It was like, how am I going to finish? <laughs> That's um, good though. But uh, I mean, there, there were certainly things that I started and said, you know, I was Dawn of Destiny, the, the very first book. I wrote it about 12 times. Um, I, wrote, I wrote it at 19 and 20, between, my, between being 19 and 20, I wrote mm. that. 
I, I, I must have rewritten it a dozen times because I, um, I also had a mentor, uh, Barbara Colley. She's an awesome writer um, and, and dear friend of mine. And she, she really kind of showed me the ropes and took me under her wing as I was starting out on this. And every time she would teach me something new, I would realize that I did it wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, instead of saying, well, I'm just going to release it anyway, I would go back and I'd rewrite it applying what she taught me. And then I would learn there's something else I did wrong. And I would go back and rewrite it applying what mm-hmm. she taught me. And, um, the end result of that was, you know, something, something good, but God, I mean, you know, I, I can talk about enemy one, which is the, uh, the fifth book in Epic, which, which, uh, just got released, um, on September 14th. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, I deleted 110,000 words, uh, which was basically the whole novel at one point because it was like, this is not going anywhere. And let me tell you what, when you delete, <laughs> 110,000 words. Yeah. And then you sit down to write word one again. You know, there's not a whole lot of excitement. Brewing. No. no. <laughs> you know, so times like that, you think like, you know, what am I doing? Am I, can I do this? You know, and you know, you have to. Like, I guess that's unfair because that's a series. Epic is a series. I can't stop the series. You know, it's, sure. it's going through. Yeah. Even standalone projects has been times where you, you look at the body of work that you have so far and how much is left to go and you really have to decide if the project's worth it what i find is if a project's worth it you'll always finish it um that's like i say you people ask me do you write down all your ideas and i almost never do because if it's a good idea i'll remember it um and it's the same way with with finishing a project um just like you remember the good ideas you finish the good projects and if you decide in your mind like you know what the end result of this is not going to be worth the effort that i'm going to put through but then the project probably doesn't need to be made anyway sure so, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of times when, you know, I felt like, God, do this again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that every time I start a novel, it's just <laughs> tough, you know, it, cause it's such yeah. a long process. It, it really is, but you got to love it. And I love it. And, you know, you get into it and you learn, you know, you learn quickly, um, what drives you. And I think an actor would say the same thing, um, or a musician or anyone in the arts, it takes a special kind of love and passion for the craft to see it through. Cause if you don't love this stuff, you'll never, you'll never do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's true. Never do. It's just, it's too tough. I, you know, you're, you're exactly right on that. It's amazing. And I, I think that's why, you know, you hear the whole follow your passion thing. And, and I don't think people really flesh it out enough yeah. like you just did, because I think there's something so important about that, that it there's, it is hard work. There's so much grief mm-hmm. and struggle and, and pressure and intensity that goes into creating something. You know, if you're going to be following your passion, whatever it may be, uh, but you're right. Like you said, but I love it and it gets me through. And that's, I think the whole point is that if it's, if it's what fits you and if it's something that, you know, you have such a passion for that, you know, you just couldn't imagine doing anything else then you know, the hard times while extreme, extraordinarily challenging, uh, you know, they're nothing, they're nothing compared to the, the outcome and, and there's a big difference between wanting something and loving something there's totally different things sure uh, you know you could you know i want to have a novel done one day but th- you know that could just be a, a an in the moment thought or i want to have you know um an acting career yeah uh, but the love is what will make you you know walk out of your door and go to an audition you know the the love is what will make you open up Microsoft Word and say, all right, well, let's start doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's the love that, that the love is the action behind the want. If you just want it, then maybe it's not what you should do. You have to, yeah. you have to want it because you love it. Yeah. 
that's a good point. I really like that. I like that distinguish distinguishing factor there. We've heard a bit about the process, but how did you know this is who I am? This is the best me. And regardless of what other people are trying to, you know, trying to tell me what they think I should do or whatever the case was for you. How did you know I got to write books? I got to share my stories. I think I knew in college mm-hmm. when I was a teenager in high school, um, I would write short stories and I loved them. And I always, and people who read them always loved them. And so I knew, you know, there's something I could do here. I have the ability to actually do it. I think it was in college when I started to think, am I really going to do this? If, and I think it comes down to if I wouldn't have, I would have felt it would have been a waste. I think it was really not wanting to live my life not having done this that made me realize that I had to do it, uh, which is why I started you know, um, at 19 years old because I knew like I, I've, I've got to get this story out. This is who I am. Now, I've always been a writer. I've always been sci-fi lover, you know, in, into to adventures and stories and stuff. So um, it wasn't really one of those things where one day I, I woke up and said, I think I'll try this. Um, I mean, I have drawings and stories that with misspelled words from when I was like five years old, hmm. you know, um, about things that I was coming up with in my head. It's always been there in me. Um, I think it, it's um, just how God programmed me. So. Yeah, I really think that's it. That's cool. Not the most exciting answer, but it's you know, it's just, it's true. It's always been something that yeah that I love. I certainly wasn't going to make it in sports. Sure, so. but but I mean, even okay. So you knew it was programmed in you. You knew it was who was going to go. But at the same time, like I'm yes. sure you had people pushing back on you and saying, "Oh, come on, get a real job. You're not going to make it as a writer." Did, Actually, didn't you? Or did you have people saying, "Dude, go for it"? I had. It, it's both. I had. Okay. Go for it, but don't quit your, your day job. Okay. okay yeah, uh, that's, that's common. Yeah. It is the advice. It's the advice I give every writer because everyone says, you know, I think I'm, I'm good enough to do this and just to do this. No, you're not. This takes a long time okay. and you have to know what you're doing. If I quit my job, then I couldn't do this, you know, and sustain myself. Writing and art in general, it doesn't Hey, there's a reason most parents want their kids to, you know, just learn science or something. Yeah. Um, it was something where it was ingrained in me that you, you, you need to work hard, but also pursue your dreams. And so for me, that was getting a job and then using that job and using the income from that job to support myself as a writer and to write more and get more out. So I always tell people um, when they, they're asking about, you know, should I quit my job and write or I think I can, I can uh, quit my job and write um, or not get a job at all. I always say that's the wrong thing to do. You need to have that security behind you in order to feel good about what you're doing because, you know, it's all fun and games until there's bills to pay. Yeah, so I, I, I really – I got really grounded advice uh, from, from the get-go with this. My parents were always supportive of my writing and they always wanted me to make sure I got a good job too and did that. But they also, you know, wanted to make sure that I knew I had a gift to give mm. and they supported me a hundred percent in giving it. That's you know, cool. I can say the same thing for my friends and the rest of my family. And, you know, I was really fortunate in that aspect. Um, as much as I, I dealt with bullies in school, I definitely had a, a safety net back home. That's neat. You know, that's, that's good to hear. Cause I, I don't think that a lot of people always have that. I think a lot of times people have the naysaying, you know, and they want to do something that is, you know, as we've discussed before, different, you know, than other people or what's different from the norm. Um, but I do like your advice right. too, you know, that, you know, having that, 
having that uh, security of whatever that looks like in order to be able to fund your passion and your project and your mission and that kind of thing until you can pay for it. Right. You know, fully, I think that's great advice as well. And I think a lot of people have a tendency to stop and just go for it without really knowing how, right. <laughs> and you know, kind of going with this and you've said this too, having that mentor, that's huge. You know, you knew you had the gift of writing, you knew it was programmed into you, but you had that mentor. You rewrote your stuff yes. over and over and over, meaning you were constantly honing your craft, improving it, refining it. And, and I think another thing that a lot of people do too is, well, I meant to do this and I'm just going to go wing it. And it's like, no, mm, it no, 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 no. That's not the way to do yeah. it. You can have your head in the clouds, but keep your feet in the real world. There's going to be expenses in life. So pursue your dreams and be all you want to be, but have a paycheck too. Yeah. Uh, no one's just going to give it to you. And work no, at but it. Get better. Yeah. Oh, constantly get better. improve. Const- yes, absolutely. I've learned so much um, about writing since being a writer. Uh, just from other people, and and really, honestly, I learn the most from the real world, from my experiences at, at uh, with a job and and interacting with people and, and things like that. So if you don't get out there, um, then you know you're going to have a, a warped sense of of what reality is anyway. Yeah. So that's great. All right. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to just give a, a little preview of the epic series. Yeah, that way people know what they're getting themselves into, and let's get them excited about reading it, and then we'll right. uh, how they can get a hold of it and all that good stuff. All right, so Epic. Epic uh, is the story of a young man who follows what he believes is a calling to war. Earth has come under attack by extraterrestrial forces, and he decides to join with uh, Eden, which is the, the global military to protect Earth. It's, a, it's kind of a, a mix of science fiction and faith. It's not Christian science fiction, but I am a Christian who writes science fiction, so there is a, a faith element. I, I, I guess I'll say a God element, but it, it's not preachy. I, I try to do religion the right way. Yeah, he, so he enters this, this calling to fight. One thing leads to another, as they always do, and he finds himself in the middle of a, a battlefield, not only around him literally, but kind of a, a battlefield in his heart. And it has to do with, with doubt and faith and, and all the, the good and bad things with that and relationships and just, you know, all of the, the good, bad and the ugly that comes with war. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's as much a, an action journey as it is a faith journey. And at times uh, more of one than the other, at times equal parts of both. It's, it's going to be an eight book series when it's all said and Ooh, done. Nice. So we're in book five. I am starting book six, which is called The Devil You Don't. And uh, then book seven, then book eight, then we'll be done. Okay. But you can uh, pick it up anywhere on Amazon or, uh, you know, Amazon Kindle is, um, everybody has Kindle. Yeah. It's anymore. Like the only thing you need. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Um, uh, the audiobook is available everywhere that audiobooks are sold. So iTunes, um, audiobooks.com, Audible. Yeah. CD Baby, a bunch of others. So, yeah, you can find the Dawn of Destiny audiobook uh, anywhere. And that's what it's called. Epic 1 is Dawn of Destiny. Then Outlaw Trigger. Epic 3 is Hero. Epic 4 is The Glorious Becoming. Epic 5 is Enemy 1. I love it. Exciting. Yeah, well, I'll be getting through them here fast, and then I'm going to have to get five. Yeah. It's a beast. It's a little long. It's a long. (laughs) That's quarter good. of a million words. Oh my gosh. Quarter of a but million. again, this goes back to like, you know, once you can immerse yourself into a story, you're just like more, more, keep coming. So this is good. Yeah, you got more. You'll, you'll get more. Oh, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about it. But now. Don't overeat. 
that's true. So do check it out. Now, I know you can't talk about this new project you're working on, um, but I'm so yeah. excited that you are on a new project. You're, you're excited about it. And uh, what can you tell us? I mean, is there anything at all you can talk about before it's, um, and I know, like I said, this is, it, it's all, it's all hush hush right now. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on when the official release comes out. Um, but it, yeah, what, is there anything we can know about it? What you can know about it is that I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's going to be big. It's, it's, I love it. It's going to be big. Um, a lot of my, a lot of my geeky friends are going to be like, what the heck? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Brian may or may not uh, have an idea of, uh, of what's going on, but uh, it's uh, it's just, it's exciting stuff. It is a novel. Um, so, uh, all you, all you fans who think I'm just slow, I'm pumping out two novels. Yeah. Um, uh, actually it's, um, it's finished. So it's in the deep editing phase right now. And the approval and the so approval wait, and all those fun things. And, um, is it just a novel or is it a series? I, uh, I love it. to say that either. I love it. I just love it. Okay. I can't say. No, that's, I, that's why <laughs> I was okay. asking. I didn't know. You know, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it could be a novel, but it could be a, a series. Okay. We'll see. So all we know is that we will be able to read it. <laughs> yes. We'll and it will be fantastic. It. And it's going to be something that is going to appeal to a lot of awesome. Oh yeah. Fans. No question. There's no question. Great. All right. Well, no when, when it is official, I'll bring you back on. We'll promote it. We'll go, we'll go crazy on it. Cause I know, I know you're excited. And when you're excited, man, this, this is going to be a good thing. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Gonna, it's, it's almost like fulfilling a dream, right? It, it, it's tripped me out okay. right now. I love tripping. it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, no, that's good to know. So what, what last piece of, of uh, encouragement or even advice that you would have for, you know, us as we're embracing our inner nerds, unleashing our superheroes, becoming the best us. Uh, the piece of advice that I would give, um, work hard and be kind. It's advice that I, uh, I got from Conan O'Brien of all wise speakers of our generation. It was his last show of The Tonight Show. Whenever those familiar with that situation, uh, Conan O'Brien adopted The Tonight Show and then it got taken away from him, or however you view it. In his last monologue ever, his last little segment, he said, uh, he talked about success and what it takes to be successful. And he said that the two big things that are important are to work hard and be kind and amazing things will happen and not to be negative because negativity is a horrible trait Mm. uh, in people. And I think that's just such wise advice because yeah. I can tell you that that kindness and hard work have gotten me worlds farther than my writing ability ever could have. Hmm. Be a person who is genuine in what they do and is uh, wholeheartedly committed to doing things, you know, the right way. No, that's great advice. And it's so true. And, and you know, even touching on the negativity thing, that is for some reason we as human beings tend to be drawn towards negativity, gossip, you know, whatever gets a rise out of us. I don't understand why. Um, I know there's science behind it. And actually uh, a friend of mine was telling me about a movie called uh, like, what the bleep do we know? I think is actually what the movie's called. They were doing this study on, on water where they would put a jar of water in one room and then another jar of water in the other room. And they would basically go in and they would write things on the wall that were kind and you know loving and respectful and uh, they would say things literally i mean it was just like this is a room of positivity so whether you're writing playing music saying things doesn't matter and then the other room they would everything was negative whatever they did was negative 
And after uh, a study, I don't know how long it was. Again, you'd have to go to watch the movie to see. But after after this period of time that they did this, they noticed that the crystalline, uh, basically the structure of the water, whatever whatever the structure is of water was different. Wow. And that the one that was negative was like, it was a complete almost chemical change in many ways and had all kinds of different things happening to it. Whereas the one that was in the positive room was normal, healthy, like clean, normal water kind of thing. That's incredible. And it's like, okay, well, if we're made up of primarily water in our bodies, huh? Yeah, that's amazing. So that's I the am, kind of stuff that I love. Oh, that's it's fantastic. so fascinating. That's And so I, I love what you're saying. Be kind, work hard, get that negativity out of your life. And, um, you know, I, I totally agree. Oh, I love yeah. it. All right. How do we get in touch with you? And what else do you want us to know about? So uh, I'm on Twitter. Like everyone is at Epic Universe. You can also find uh, the Epic series at www.epicuniverse.com or uh, look up Lee Stevens' Epic series on Facebook. And I have a, a, a pitiful little Instagram page at uh, Bayou Writer, which is it's basically me taking pictures of the food I cook. Nice. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> you can email me at Lee at epicuniverse.com. I mean, getting an email now is like, like we used to think of getting a letter five years ago. It's amazing. You know, so uh, send me an email. Yeah, getting an email now is like, you know, what getting together in person used to be like. Yeah. Just don't, just don't get together in person. With don't, me. don't show don't up at your door. Me. Someone found me. Someone oh, came. That's awkward. Found me at my job once. Oh, weird. Yes. A fan found me at my job. Oh. And uh, I work for a, a Homeland Security Department. <laughs> Not a good uh, idea. <laughs> Someone showed up on the uh, on the camera. They buzzed in. Oh my gosh! And I'm looking at their face, and I'm like, uh, I don't know this this kid. And uh, I I say, hey, uh, can I help you? And he says, yeah, I'm looking for the writer, uh, Lee Steven. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. I'm brand new. Yeah. They're gonna cut me loose. And I said, hang on. <laughs> I went out and I met him, and apparently he just wanted help with his summer project. Oh, funny. He, well, there's was tenacity. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked out the door, like you said. He did. He took those steps out and yeah. to uh, stalker territory. Wow. So yeah. yeah, you can email me. You can you can Facebook me and tweet, but don't come <clears throat> knock on my door, please. Yeah, please give me a heads up. Yeah, you know, you know I I'm with you on that. There's a there's a level of respect. You can communicate, and then when there's some trust, and you know, it's like okay, let's get together for coffee in a public location, just, or just a nice email like I'm coming for you, and you know, at least that <laughs> yeah. will give me time to prepare. Um, you know. hey Stephen, I'm coming for you. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that story of the fan because you know those things happen. I you yeah. just you I never you know. Did. I hope I helped him out. I hope Guy. so too. Right. And he was harmless, which was good. He was harmless. Yeah, but yeah. you never know. Yeah, you, you really don't. You really you never really. know. Oh, I love it. Lee, thanks so much for taking the time to be on The Real no Brian Show, man. Thanks for having me. Once again, Lee Steven, do please check out his stuff. It, his books are absolutely worth reading, at least checking out, seeing which, I mean, granted, you know, if the genre is not right, I understand that, but, you know, if you love the, if you love the sci-fi genre, you love this kind of stuff, really well-written books, lots of fun, very engaging Anyway, go check out Lee's stuff. All of the stuff, links in the show notes, his website, um, email, Facebook, everything, Twitter. But do go and support Lee. Give him some love. And Lee, thanks again for being here on The Real Brian Show. Next week, very excited here. Got an interview with an amazing guy. Just an amazing guy. I got to uh, hear about this guy actually from the Tim Ferriss show. 
I reached out to him and I said, hey, <laughs> I got to have you on the Real Brian show. And he said, sure, I'd love to. This guy, um, man, he's been interviewed all over the place. He's gaining some awesome notoriety. And he has one arm and he's a pianist. And it is amazing. His name is Nicholas McCarthy. We're going to be chatting with him next week. It also may be a two-parter as well because um, a lot, a lot to chat with when it comes to Nicholas. A truly inspiring person. Somebody who has overcome so much, so much adversity uh, and just a very successful and amazing person with a great attitude. So I'm so excited to bring him on next week. And also, as I mentioned, we're going to be chatting about Rogue One next week because that's when it comes out. So any Star Wars fans excited about Rogue One, bringing Kyle from the Tumbling Saber podcast on next week. We're going to be talking about it. Oh, I'm so excited about it. So please join us. Love to hear from you. Please. I would love to hear from you. Go to realbryanshow.com. Get in touch with me. And uh, let me know you're listening to the show and having fun. Love to hear your comments. But in the meantime, have an awesome week. I am The Real Brian. Set it off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.